Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Jim Lee. He's a financial futurist at Stratfi, where he has 30 years experience. And he is the author of the book, Foresight Investing, A Complete Guide to Finding Your Next Great Trade. I have Sarah Oblick-Spiker. She's a former international athlete, life coach, remote operations specialist, and transformational expert. And I have Gary Fredericks. He's the CEO of OnPoint Partners, where they provide back office services to small businesses. The question I have today, why is it lonely at the top? I'd love to actually read um, a quote that I have on my website. It's actually a product of my own mind, uh, but I think it's kind of fitting for the topic today. The more successful and gifted you are, the less people can relate to you. Few have the capacity to hold your aura and expand your already grand vision. Even fewer are willing to tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear, and are able to show you the ways that work for you in ways that are also meaningful to you. Mm. Guys, what do you think about that? Makes sense to me. Getting to where I am, a lot of people didn't understand me, didn't understand what I was trying to accomplish. Uh, Heard a lot of, you can't do that, you know, along the way. You're kind of like in a, in a stratospheric place where, you, you know, I mean, the better your communication skills, the better you can overcome it. But mm. it's, it, it does get lonely because after a while, you know, you're, you're relying on your own confidence and your own skill set to succeed. And uh, it's hard to find like-minded people to, to join the fight. I, I think that there are a few different ways that you could define top. Okay. Mm. Whether you're looking at sort of a financial top, whether you're looking at a top in terms of intelligence or beauty or power, I believe that people that are at the top of something need to be extra careful about their impact on others Mm. when they share their situation. If you're really at, um, you know, peak in terms of financial peak, you could trigger jealousy. If you're at a peak in terms of power, you could trigger inadequacy. If you're peak intelligence, you just trigger incomprehension, right? Which is why I think a lot of smart people are really quiet. I definitely find with my clients that when I talk to them about this, their concern is, and this goes to your point, I think, Jim, is they feel responsible for the psychological well-being of the people who work for them, for their family, and even like their board of directors, they have to have a certain level of gravitas to be taken seriously and so when they're insecure or they don't know who are they supposed to talk to and it's also about emotional leadership as well okay and that if you are in a position of authority people will look to you to see how they should feel and if you're feeling uncertain then you know the whole thing comes down so it's it's, it's sometimes difficult to show weakness mm. in that type yeah. of situation yeah. My personal experience, it's not just in business, it's also going back to my athletic career, right? When at young age, I had to decide, am I going out vacationing with my parents for the summer or will I be in a training camp? Do I go out partying with friends or will I be responsible one, go to bed because I have to be at the bus station at seven o'clock in the morning to go play a game? It was easy to become isolated more, not necessarily by choice, but shunned from the community, you know, because, oh, you're the different one, you're... um too serious one you're too devoted you're too dedicated but becoming then a business partner there were some trades that I was able to build on from the athletic career 
but I also had to learn how to be vulnerable because there's only so much that you can accomplish and so much hell that you can hold on or cultivate when you build those walls because you're afraid that you are too responsible for others or that you're going to come across as something too much in the boardrooms or even in a bedroom with a partner who doesn't quite get what you are building, even though they try so hard to support you. Yeah. When I do powerful conversations, that's one of the first things I say, you can't be too anything because too requires judgment. You can't be too broken. You can't dream too big. You can't want too much. And that freedom can be really rewarding to people. I, I think one of the issues is perception. You get like three different types of perception. One, one is from the folks below you who think, you know, either they think this person is great and, you know, they deserve where they are. They think this person's an idiot and I don't know how they got there. And the people above you are in the workplace, at least are trying to figure out how do I stop this guy? How do I replace them with one of my own people? That I think makes, makes it even lonelier because now you, you, you're looking at everybody and you're trying to figure out, right. What is that guy's or that Who's out to get me? What, what are they, yeah. what are they trying to, to get out of this whole thing? I always, I always try to figure out, you know, what people, what they're, uh, what they're trying to accomplish in their own lives. I always set my goals. And if, if you and I are working together and you achieve your goals and I achieve my goals, great. I don't look at it like, you know, well, you know, I got to make that person look bad so I can look better. I just mm -hmm. do my thing, but a lot of people don't do that. It makes it even longer. I think that all of us have been in situations where it felt lonely, whether it was because we'd achieved or we felt like we were expected to know when we didn't know. So when you were in a situation like that, what did you do? How did you handle it? I personally have been in a situation like this, even in a mastermind, for example, that I become a part of it with the intention of not being so lonely. There were still things that we didn't talk about or I couldn't open up because again, fear of judgment or not being enough in that case. Like how dare you being, I don't know, somebody pretending to be good enough to be in our circles. I personally found my support system in a very close circle of friends who also are business owners, who also are moms and homemakers and unconventional, just like I am. <laughs> Sometimes it can be kind of like a, vacuum but sometimes that little vacuum is what I need to really feel safe and supported before going out in the real world again mm -hmm. I remember uh getting a big promotion uh when I was working on Wall Street and I had 300 people reporting to me at the time mm -hmm. and so I had a big party and I, everybody was part of the party and I, I said look you know I'm the guy in this position but I didn't get here by myself you know we all are part of this and people came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I actually, I root for you because, you know, you include us in everything, you, you know, kind of your roots, you kind of know, you know, where you came from, who's helping you. And that was, I didn't do it for any reason. I didn't read a book or anything like that. I just figured, you know, this ought to, this will be a nice thing to do. And so I've used that and kind of learned from that, you know, moving forward. It's, it's always us. Yeah, I, I think that's really the key is when you're working together versus working against and when you embrace other people and you bring them up with you then you're not going to be by yourself you're not going to be alone i know for me as i've gotten older i've had to get better at accepting the disappointment that people feel when they realize i'm not invincible 
I, when I was younger, I never wanted to let, to let anybody, you know, don't let them see you bleed. Don't let them see you cry. And, and I really lived by that, but it was so hard. And as I've gotten older, I've tried really hard to let go of some of that. And I still though, when, when I realize I've shared something and that you can see that look on someone's face, that shock, they're like, wait a minute, you're supposed to have everything, your whole act together. My world does not work if your whole act isn't together. And that's hard. Yeah. But I'll also offer, you know, this definition of what does lonely even mean to us? Like, and do we feel sorry for ourselves or do we embrace it, not bypass it and sleep it underneath the rug, but really do the work to acknowledge and appreciate the spaciousness that we can have to continuously grow? Like four o'clock in the morning in the gym, am I going to feel sorry about myself or doing a shoot around by myself? And I'm like, actually, this is really cool. I'm showing up. I'm doing what I'm been meant to be doing and it's okay to be by myself for the next couple of hours mm. i'd be feeling sorry for myself if i was <laughs> no thanks so i think what we've talked about is that it's lonely at the top because the expectations are either people are out to get you because you're up there they think you either have to be this holy god who has it all figured out and you're not allowed to be broken or they think you're completely broken, you shouldn't be there, and they're trying to tear you down. And so it becomes really hard to figure out who can I talk to, where is it safe, and what does that look like? And I had a guy reply to an email to me recently that said, well, I'll only call you if I'm suicidal. And I was like, at that point, it's a little late. You shouldn't yeah, wait yeah. that long. Reach out to either professional or somebody, a friend, somebody before you get to that point. And that takes personal awareness, self-awareness. And I think that that's a huge part of dealing with loneliness at the top. So that is our 10 minutes. I want to thank you for having this conversation with me. I always appreciate the three of you. You help me not feel lonely. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon. Thank you.